Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. I am James Finch, and this is The Finch Show. Before I get into the meat of the actual podcast, it's first and foremost time to talk about our sponsor. Our sponsor is Blackstar Woodcrafts. And I know I've talked about it before, and I cannot stress enough how much you need to check Scott out. Scott's a really good friend of mine. He's been with us since the beginning, believes in what I'm doing here, and that means the world to me. But that doesn't mean that he's the sponsor of this podcast just because. He does some absolutely excellent stuff. And there are Black Star Woodcrafts. Anything you can imagine that's made from wood, he does. And he does absolutely exceptional work. Everything from bottle toppers to bath caddies to pens to clocks, you name it, this guy does it. And his pens alone are out of this world. They're all polished and finished. And while he does have some stuff in stock that he sells, the majority of what he does is to order. So if you have an idea of something along those lines that you would like, reach out to him. He is there. You can find him on Facebook and Instagram, Blackstar Woodcrafts, and direct message him right through there. He loves talking to customers, going through that creative process, coming up with ideas, what it is they want it to look like, the size, the appearance, the finish that's on it. And from right there, he can give you a price and an idea about how long it can be till he can get that made and get that out to you. I cannot stress enough once again how much you will enjoy what it is that he has to offer. So definitely check him out. And for being the sponsor of this podcast, you will get 10% off your order. Just let him know when you're talking to him, like, hey, I got here through the Finch Show. He will hook you up. I guarantee you, you will not be disappointed. For the podcast today, it's a little bit different. It's a little bit experimental. It was something new. This is the first time I've done a podcast where I had two guests on at the same time. My guests today were Chris Davis, my man, my brother, who's been on before. So you guys know him. The other one was Amanda Marie, who's been a friend of mine for a long time. And she's really, really cool. And the reason we decided to do the three of us together is we had this idea kicking around about doing an episode of the podcast that was 100% nerd-based. So that's what we did. Video games, books, movies, comic books, you name it. We talked about all that stuff. Who our favorite characters were, um, you know, all the movies and the philosophies behind them and the, all that. Gosh, I could just, you know what, I'm not even gonna. Just listen to the podcast. I guarantee you'll enjoy it. So, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, here is Chris and Amanda. There's this weird thing whenever I do it, if either of you guys have ever listened to the podcast, it does this weird thing where like when it first starts, it's like Robberly for like the first three seconds. So that's why I'm just rambling at the beginning. So we're here, we're doing a special edition of the podcast with Chris, who you've met before, and Amanda, who's new to the podcast, but not new to me, but is new to Chris. So that's <laughs> so that's where we're at. <clears throat> the So over like the last um, month or so, Chris and I have really gotten into the game Ghost of Tsushima on the PlayStation, which is badass. And Chris and I got talking over Facebook about how neither one of us had ever had sake before. So we're sitting here. We've got a bottle of sake. Sake, sake. <laughs> that was obligatory. <laughs> right before this started, she swore she wasn't going to say that. And then oh, we made God. it 30 seconds in. I tried. I tried. So I, I did a bunch of research on sake because I think 
it's kind of like culturally insensitive to just say have sake. That's like a non-American person saying just have beer because there's all different kinds of beer. Mm-hmm. There's all different kinds of sake. Since I had never had sake before, I didn't want to get anything crazy. And this is, oh my God, I'm supposed to say that, pronounce that. Tugabetsu Jumai Special Pure Rice Sake. Light, smooth, and rich type, quiet grain-like aroma with a hint of fruity nose. Refreshing lightness with vivid acidity. This very dry sake has sharp, rich, full body taste. Served chilled or warm. I hear like Japanese people typically drink it warm. And by warm, I don't mean like room temperature, like warmed up. But this one I got specifically because it can be served chilled. And this has been in my fridge. Because I figured that's a good lead-in because we're we're Americans. We're used to drinking right. stuff. So like our chilled beverages. Yeah. So we're gonna find out if this is like really good and I'm about to go down a dark path of abusing <laughs> sake the rest of my life. Or if it's gross and acquired taste like Amanda says it is. But I actually went and got some little sake glasses because I figured it'd be weird to just do this in mason jars. And I will hand that to Amanda. Super authentic. I will pass it to Chris. I don't know about authentic. Thank you. It's probably made in Mexico or China, but we'll say it's authentic. <laughs> you went the whole route with the ceramic shot glasses. Yeah. Smells like rubbing alcohol in case anybody <laughs> wanted to know. Makes, it probably not, really is. It is, but it's not as strong like like tequila or rubbing something. Rubbing alcohol? It smells like rubbing alcohol and potpourri. Like a little like, um, cider, like that. Uh, cider vinegar. Yeah. <laughs> cider vinegar. Yeah. So is drinking sake, is it like wine where you're supposed to like take it in first and because I just, okay, I what the hell? So. Let's do this. <laughs> One, two, three. Wow. That is smooth. You know, it wasn't as bad as what I thought it was. Really? Because you're, you're the only one who's had sake before, right? I had really bad sake. Like it had, okay, so you know how beer has an oftentimes like that really bitter aftertaste? Yeah. So the sake I had just had that really bitter, nasty, like hang in your mouth aftertaste. This isn't bad. Maybe like, you had somebody that made bootleg sake. <laughs> yeah. have, have you ever Maybe had like moonshine? Somebody sake. makes some bad moonshine. <laughs> Uh, you know, and they say you have bad moonshine, make you go blind or something. Well, maybe it wasn't filtered or something. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. But this, I I was expecting like, oh, get the gag reflex going. I mm-hmm. like it. But it was very smooth. Yeah. It does not have an aftertaste. No. I mean, it doesn't taste the best overall, but it, I'm not like gagging on it. Yeah. I can't say because I've never had it, but <laughs> for, for this, my first time having it, I'm actually impressed. So I guess. I would have another shot. I would, I would, I would, yeah, yeah. I would drink more of said sake. Yeah. Oh, as I get. Maybe that's like the Long Island iced tea of sake. You don't know how much you had until boom, it hits you, and then whoa. We're going to be 45 minutes in a minute. It's going to be sake, sake. I also had four mojitos before coming here, so this could get real interesting. Yeah, knock yourself out. I had to just slide the damn bottle over there. You gonna have another one? That shit's gross. <laughs> You're not gonna join us? Come on. Yeah, I'm still finishing my first one. Oh not my god. Yeah, I'm just. Maybe you could get a lime and some salt or something. What, what kind of fruit can you get out of Japan? Maybe they have like a different thing like that. Yeah, you go take tequila, get the lime and the salt. Yeah. Cool. That I'd rather have this over tequila any day. I'd rather have Corona over this. <laughs> <laughs> and I do mean the drink, not like. You know, no, COVID. No, we yeah. <laughs> Too soon. It's too soon for that joke. Uh-huh. So, while we process the sake, um, 
This is a, like I said before, this special nerd edition of the podcast. And I think all nerds like superheroes and supervillains have an origin story. They have a place for them where it started. So we'll go around the table. Start with Amanda. Amanda, where did being a nerd start for you? Well, I probably started nerding out to some Pokemon. Huge Pokemon fan. Uh, still play Pokemon a lot. But, like, like full on cards and. Well, I didn't play the card game Pokemon, but like on my Game Boy, like my little Game Boy. Oh. And then, like, I'm supposed to be sleeping. Like, oh, I gotta get that Pikachu. Oh, you're younger. I'm just a little bit younger. Kids. Kids. Um, so yeah, played a lot of Pokemon. Uh, Zelda was a huge Zelda fan. Mm-hmm. We had we didn't have all the gaming systems, um, but we had like we did have I think we had an Atari. We had both Segas. Started at PlayStation One and then skipped a few. And I don't think any of us really went back to PlayStation after that. My brother's pretty much stuck to Xbox. And then I switched to PC gaming. So pretty much since then, I've been a hardcore PC gamer. Um, like Command & Conquer. I like, like those RTS strategy mm-hmm. games. The bomb. Um, got super into D&D like two years ago. And I <laughs> love D&D and I can't get enough. So yeah, I guess that's kind of... You know, and then I've always just had, like, a love for just, like, you know, like, the Marvel and the DC. Like, I'm, I can't say that I'm staunchly one way or the other. Like, I like elements from either side. Um, but, I don't know. It's cool. And I read. I read all the fucking time. So, for me to, like, go to, a, like, a different land and learn about other fantasy realms or superheroes or things like that is, like, an escape. Because so, you're into Harry Potter, too, right? Oh, fuck <laughs> I don't have a season pass to Universal Studios at all, even though that's in Florida and I live in Illinois. <laughs> nope. All right, Chris. I think uh, it all, all started with video games. I started on the Atari Twenty Six Hundred, went from there, and you know the you know I went to Nintendo, started from there, and you know I, I don't. We're both the same age. Do you? And this goes into the comic book thing. Do you remember when Marvel had the uh, cards that you the collect? They were like baseball cards. Do you Dude, remember that? I got binders of them downstairs. Hell yeah! Have you the, the first memory that you would you'd open the pack and they'd end up sometimes it randomly have that holographic card, yeah. like Silver Surfer or something like that. I, you know how you know how stupid. I look back in retrospect. You know when you look at all the stuff that they sell online of this stuff right now. Yeah, and. I've heard some of those first edition cards with Marvel Comics, like the hologram ones, go for like a thousand dollars. No shit. Yeah. Same with the Pokemon cards. Like if you had yeah, like there was first a guy edition sold his, Pokemon yeah. cards, like they're worth bank yep. right now. And I actually seen an episode on Pawn Stars. This guy had like the first edition and he had Japanese cards too. Those are the ones that are worth more, I guess. But he was he he could sell them for like five million dollars. What? Yeah. I gotta get down in my basement. Just, <laughs> and it's just like, you know, I've always been a huge gamer. You know, I've had every system that was out, uh, minus the Turbo Graphics and the Jaguar, stuff like that. Yeah. And, you know, you know, GameStop, you know, you, you, they, you trade in your stuff. You know, when you're young, you want the, 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 the biggest, best thing that's coming out. Right. I was stupid, trade the stuff in, and now. I'm spending money, and my son's spending money going to Disc Replay, and we're buying all the old systems that I used to own. <laughs> and it's it's just amazing with, you know, 
I'm so proud of how the, the nerd culture, in quotations, nerd culture has evolved into being more accepted because, you know, yeah. you know, back in the day, you know, it wasn't more accepted, but you had people, obviously it was popular because people wouldn't admit it, but they were making money off of it. So the closet jocks, the, the jocks out there had to be closet nerds like, man, I'm going to go buy these things and stuff like that. Now it's very open. Mm -hmm. And that's what's great about it, you know, and then, and that, uh, you know, a lot of the stuff like even science fiction, you know, the, the technologies we've advanced in, like, you know, lasers started out in science fiction back in the 50s, mm -hmm. you know, and I've all, my nerd, nerd starting started in video gaming. I was big into the PC too, but just that, that just has gotten like, you gotta get a good system, $3,000, you know, something like that. It's an addiction. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but what I've noticed about PC gaming, like I remember years and years ago, you could buy the biggest, best graphics card, and it still wouldn't keep up with, if you set the settings to ultra in a game, it still wouldn't catch up. Now, you have a graphics card, the graphics card outdates the graphics of the game, mm -hmm. which is pretty awesome that you don't have to go out and constantly buy the, the best graphics card. I'm not into PC gaming anymore. I mean, you said you are. Is that mm -hmm. kind of a true statement? It is. I mean, like, I've built a few computers recently, and I've used components that are a few years old, and I don't it doesn't affect my gameplay. What right. affects my gameplay right now is crappy internet, but <laughs> yeah. topic. But yeah, so I mean, you don't necessarily have to keep getting like the first on the line for everything. You it, can yeah. certainly build like a good computer that can run everything with great graphics mm -hmm. for like a thousand dollars. You don't yeah. have to like go and get. And, God, ten years ago or more, in order to run it the best of the best, it had to be three thousand mm -hmm. dollars. Remember, you know, my <laughs> Lorena got mad at me. I ended up buying an Alienware. God, was it? <laughs> I've always bought Alienware, you know, but I got that and it was like 2200 That was just for the tower itself, the, mm -hmm. the PC. I mean, it worked great, but it was just like now to do that. My, my, we got my son, Spencer, uh $800 laptop, and he's running games like nobody's business on it. Jesus. Wow. I'm way behind. The next. I've never done any of the PC. But games. I stopped doing that. I got. I, I play on the PS4. I just bought a PS4 Pro, and I was just like amazed at the difference between the regular PS. Really? Oh yeah, the graphics. Even if you don't have a 4K TV, I mean, it's just like a PC when you with the graphics card. Like it was when I was playing Days Gone. It was it was obviously graphically good on the PS4 regular. But then I play it on Pro, and then there's a bunch of different vegetation that I never seen, like grass swaying, that grass that was never there, you know, weeds and stuff like that, because it's a more powerful system. And I'm mm -hmm. like, man, they're going the same route as what uh, the PCs are, you know, with the graphics. Well, cards. and then the PS5 is supposed to blow that out of the water. Yeah, so. yeah, and that's that's gonna be supposedly that's supposed to come out in a couple months. Yeah, this but, fall. But. You know, back in the day, like I remember PS2 coming out, they gave you months in advance, you know, and I'm, I remember putting a PS2 on pre-order and then selling it for $1,200. <laughs> but then, but now you don't, there's people, you know, one of a guy I work with, he has put his name in to get a notification from every major retailer and video game distributor about when the PS5 is supposed to go on sale because there's two versions. Mm -hmm. There's a version where it has um, an optical drive where you could buy the physical game or it's download only. Okay. So I guess it's first come, first serve. And I imagine everybody's going to want the optical drive one because, you know, at least they could download and buy a physical game. I mean, but 
they're all going to get snatched up. I mean, we're getting to the point where, like you said, it was it's a couple months away, and there's still no word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bizarre. Well, they do that. It's a really good marketing strategy, you know. Nintendo was good at that. Yeah, they were. <laughs> they were really good at that. Yeah, they, they build a limited amount of systems, and everybody's fighting over them when you go to the store mm-hmm. and stuff like that, like the Switch. And especially with the coronavirus happening, like, you can't even find hardly find a regular PS4 anywhere because most of the, the video game systems, they're, they're, they're manufactured in China. Mm-hmm. And I learned a couple months ago that... Um, Japan is bringing back all their manufacturing from China and bringing it back to Japan. Okay. Because of that whole thing. That's yeah. why you can't find switches anywhere. I mean, you can't it's 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 hard to find a Nintendo Switch. I, I was looking for months and I still couldn't find one. Yeah. I think that's probably one of the reasons why I like uh, one of them. I have several reasons why I like PC gaming, but I'm not limited to the amount of systems that are available. No, I yeah. can build my mm-hmm. PC however I want, customize mm-hmm. it however I want, and then I'm I can still play the games that I want. Right. Um, that being said, though, there's also games that are exclusive to mm-hmm. like PS4, you know, PlayStation, Xbox, or whatever. So that aren't available on PC, which right. kind of stinks. But oh, I like, like the your fact favorite that, game, Pokemon. Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you know, it's. I like the fact that I'm not beholden to, oh, we're only making 500 systems. Good luck. You yeah. know, like I can build my PC and be like, I want to play this game and go ahead and play it. So yeah. I think that's nice. But. Well, it gets a little bit outrageous, especially like as, um, especially me and Chris here. <coughs> Excuse me. As we get older and we have children, that used to be one of those things where like you were either a PlayStation or an Xbox house when it came to consoles, you know, so you'd have one of those. And if you were really, really, really up there you'd have both like that made you like a gaming badass and now i get to the point where between me and my wife and the kids and everybody wanting their own thing i think within this house i have three xbox ones and two ps4s yeah and it's to the point where it's like i'm already telling the family like when the next gen of both those come out not everybody's getting one right away mm-hmm. like i don't need to take a second mortgage on my house <laughs> yeah. to get a new system get the latest like y'all are going to be you're you're gonna be backwards gaming for a while till we till we get all those right. things. And one thing I've learned I've learned about <laughs> being the, buying the first generation of consoles, they have huge amount of bugs. Yeah, like Xbox 360 when it came out, it was oh. notoriously known for the red ring. Red of death. ring of death. I went through three of those. And that's I'm kind of you know being older and a little bit wiser. My wife would laugh at me for saying that. <laughs> but with that, you know, I'm afraid of buying a PS5 because that you know. It sounds like maybe it might be getting rushed. And, yeah. You know, and limited amount of systems. I'll, I'll wait. You know, I'm happy with my PS4 Pro. And one good thing, too, is they did this back when uh, when the PS4 came out and Xbox One. Like, if you bought, like, a game like Assassin's Creed Black Flag, you could trade that game up for free and get it on your... If you bought a PS4 or Xbox One, you could get it for free and download it. That's what they're doing. Like Assassin's Creed Valhalla is supposed to be coming out in November, and the Marvel's Avengers games that's coming out soon. They're going to let you upgrade for free to that. So I mean, I think I'm just going to wait. I'm not going to go out there yeah. and be like the, the the idiots that stand in line and wait for that because you know there's such a limited amount of systems. It's I think it was the same way. I think when the Xbox One came out, I want to say it was out for six months before I bought mine. Yeah, just because it, I, just like you were saying, I went through that with the 360. I want to say I bought like a. <clears throat> A 360 on launch and I went through three red rings of death on that day. yeah and it was so I mean don't get me wrong Microsoft's customer service got so used to dealing with it mm-hmm. that they would just send you the box you put your 360 in it sent it back and you got another one in the mail like 
you know, well, they were dealing with so much of it that unless, you know, they were very much in danger of the whole gaming community just saying the hell with Microsoft and leaving. Right. You know, so, but <clears throat> you are right. I used to be an Xbox guy. I was, ex- I, I had, I had both, but I would buy all my games on Xbox. And then once I went to the Xbox One, they were starting to have problems with like, uh, doing the party chat. I started playing Destiny. You know, you've heard that, have you heard that game? Oh, yeah. So I was having problems connect, I mean, connecting with people and talking. And that's like, you know, it's it's basically an MMORPG, but a first-person shooter. Mm-hmm. And when you do these raids, you have to be able to con, con, uh, communicate with people. And that was, you know, I was I, I ended up selling my Xbox One and just went <laughs> exclusively with PS4 because they didn't have that problem. They yeah. fixed the problem, but I wasn't going to you know, deal with that, especially like when I was playing games like that, you know, I've kind of limited my time on doing those MMORPGs, you know, I, I started out doing, I remember, you remember, guys remember EverQuest, have you ever heard of EverQuest? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That came out back in the 90s, and then, you know, I was big into uh, World of Warcraft for a long time. I like World of Warcraft. <laughs> I haven't played, I think I stopped playing it during Mists of Pandoria. A lot of people stopped with mists, unless you were like a hardcore PvPer. Like I feel like a lot of people stopped in mist. A lot of things changed when mist came out, and I honestly haven't played World of Warcraft in a while just because it it's not it does not have the same feel as like OG WoW and like even like the first two expansions. Like after Wrath of the Lich Wrath of, King, that was like, the best I expansion. Mean, oh my god, it was amazing, but. From that point on, like nothing seemed to compare, and the community itself has just changed. Like yeah. the community is just not what it was when I started playing World of Warcraft. But. Well, when you played the original World of Warcraft, it was, t- it was. I loved it. It was time consuming. It was hard because the, now in in World of Warcraft, when I last played it, there was like you you can queue up to find people because you have different um, roles that have to be played. You have a tank. You have Damage dealers, you have healers. Right. Back in the old World of Warcraft, you're typing need healer, need tank, do that. I was a tank. The tank is the guy that takes the damage and it gets all the the, the the aggravation on everybody on you, so they're not killing the damage dealers, which are like rogues and your glass cannons. Yeah, yeah. or your and, healers, or the healers. <laughs> so you're heal. and especially back then with the raids. Like, the big raids were, like, 25 people. So you're in chat. I mean, if you weren't part of a guild or had a big group of people you played with, it would take hours just to find people, hours or maybe a day before to set this up. Right. It was time-consuming. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I mean, those days were brutal in World of Warcraft. I couldn't stand it because you were constantly looking for people. And But they eventually evolved and they got better. And like you said, Wrath of Lich King was the best expansion I thought. It was Wow. Really we used to, when my wife and I first got together, we used to play um, this game called Fiesta. I've never heard of it. Mm-hmm. It was basically World of Warcraft-esque. The graphics of it were a little bit, I guess, Japanese anime cartoony a little bit, but it was free. I think I've heard of it. <laughs> and we used to play that game all the time because it was the same basic thing. Like, you'd go into what were called your, you know, you had your open world campaign in different areas you could go to and do this, and you'd have quests, and then... You know, every so often you'd have a king quest that you would do, which would be like a major event type of thing. And so you'd always have to make sure you had, just like you said, you had your damage dealer, you had your healer, you had your tank and all that stuff together. It was a lot of fun. The thing that ended up killing me for it is once we got to a certain level, like I want to say we got to like level 72 or something like that. And 
the only quest that we could do to re-up was a repeatable quest, which was to go to this forest and kill five of these like demon fairy things and then come back to town and turn it in. And at one point in time, we did it that over and over for like six hours, only to look at the stats and realize that we had only increased like 0.7% towards getting to the next level. Mm -hmm. And I just said, I'm done. <laughs> that was the only way for you to level? Was that, to yeah, quest? it was that one repeatable quest. That's crazy. And I, I'm like, I told my wife, I said, there's no way I'm going to spend weeks doing this quest no. over and over and over. So that sounds end, like they had a bad end game. End game. Yeah, end game. Their end game wasn't good. Yeah, yeah it kind of seems like it was one of those things where they expanded because like, Man, playing that game, getting from like level one to like level thirty is a lot of fun. It really like I can still go back and do it. It was a lot of fun, but I really think it got to the point where they meant the game to like stretch out and last sure. forever, and then eventually just got to the point where they didn't know what the hell else to do and just kind of. Yeah. But it was a free game, so hey. how how could you complain? The um, World of Warcraft was that movie any good? Um, I didn't see it. I've seen snippets on YouTube. I have the movie. I didn't mind it, but I'm one of those people who can still stay open-minded. Like, if I've read a book and they've made a movie, like, off a book or whatever, or a video game off yeah. a book. So I'm one of those people that can still stay pretty open-minded about the concepts and how it's played out. I thought it was... I thought they did pretty good with it. Mm -hmm. But I think there was, like, a love-hate with it. Some people loved it. Some people hated it. It's just like with the people with the, you know, the Man of Steel and the Batman versus Superman. Yeah. I love, you know, the Justice League. I loved it. Mm -hmm. I loved them. I yeah. loved them. I loved ben, ben Affleck as Batman. I yeah. thought he was great. And then people... Get in there, the, the the super fans or the fanboys, and like this isn't what it's supposed to be. It's right? Like, well, you know how? You know? I mean, it's ridiculous. These guys put a lot of work into making this movie. I thought it was great, and I heard they're continuing it. They actually asked Ben Affleck to be return. They're going to redo another Justice League. I think. No, he's going to. I guess he's going to play Batman in the Flash movie. Oh. Okay. Was the <laughs> was the word? But. I like you see the part of the problem is, and I have I've had this discussion with several people over the movie Man of Steel. Like I really enjoyed the movie Man of Steel. Part of the problem is with a character like Superman, who's so iconic. Like it's kind of hard to tell a Superman story because people are going to get pissed either way. You know what I mean? Because you remember was it um, who did it when they did Superman Returns? You remember that? Where it was yes, like it, yes, it, I didn't like that one exactly because it was like it was a modern making of a Superman, but they tried to keep that like nineteen seventies fit campy sort of They tried feel to tie to it. it into the old yeah uh, with Christopher Reeves. Yeah. And it just didn't fit. No. No man the man of steel I look at and I say, if Superman had never existed before and you were going to tell a modern day story about that character, that's probably what the story <laughs> would be. Yeah. I thought it was really, really good. And Henry Cavill does a good job. And oh, you know, yeah. he's he's a big nerd himself. Oh huge. Oh, he's a he's huge a gamer. Huge, huge. Nerd. Even before he got picked to become Geralt of Rivia in The Witcher, oh, that he, so was, good. he was. I've read the books. I've read the books. Okay. It's written oh, by you're a that Polish guy. author. Yeah, you're that guy. I've yeah. read the books. And there's some aspects of The Witcher, the series, I don't like. I don't like with what the um with uh, Yennefer. I don't like the character they picked to be Yennefer. You don't like the actress? No, I didn't like. That's her. not the you know. If you played the Witcher game. I games. played Witcher three. I yeah. didn't get. I didn't complete it, but I started playing Witcher three. Yeah, she does not look like Yennefer at all. Because no. Yennefer was supposed to be paid. Because 
these sorceresses were they they basically could transform themselves and then like a lot of the some of the sorceresses were actually old old women and they could transform their bodies into looking young so it's like golden that. girls gone wild yeah That's pretty it. much okay. well you would think that she's supposed to be like beautiful and like i can appreciate a beautiful woman but i don't really find her like that attractive right. i guess like i and would I'm not, think you that know, you would and, want and, someone more attractive and, and in the books that she has raven black hair and and pale white skin and it's just you know i understand you have, there's so much you can pick from and you know as actresses or something like that but it just didn't she just didn't remind me of jennifer for playing the games and reading the books mm-hmm. and yeah but henry cavill is is a He's he's the I thought he was great as Superman. Mm-hmm. I loved him as Geralt. He he had Geralt down to the, the, he did the a good fucking T. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think did, the one thing with that though, like I did get confused watching The Witcher because it took me a beat to realize they were going. They past, were going the yeah, present, and a lot but of I think they could have maybe that. cleared that up a little bit. But yeah. overall, I really enjoyed <clears throat> watching The Witcher. I thought overall they did a, a good job. But then again, I didn't read the books or get yeah. through the whole game and. Well, the what do they call him? I can't remember the the the, the bard that follows him around. What do they call him? They call him, his name's Dandelion in the books. They call him Dandelion. Okay, I have no idea. I can't what his remember name what is. they called him in the show, but Let's there's ask the, Jeeves. Why do I? Like yeah. yeah. Well, I didn't like Yennefer the first couple episodes, and then I fell in love with her. I'll just put it that way. <laughs> well, as somebody who is, you know, it's interesting, the the three perspectives we have. Because as somebody who has never read the books, never played the game, show is amazing. Absolutely amazing. You know, you don't have those sort of, like, things in your head to draw off on. Some of those, and I get, like, criticism. Some of them, like, crack me up. I remember, um, you remember Anne Rice when she wrote, like, The Vampire Chronicles. Like, yeah. Interview with the Vampire. Interview with the Vampire. Interview with Vampire like Lestat. Yeah. Well, when... Queen of the Damned came out. I remember going to see that in theater, and there was this like fifty-year-old lady sitting in front of me who was a huge Anne Rice fan, who to her husband bitched through the entire movie. <laughs> this dude could not have given a fuck, like not at all. The whole movie, she's like, ah, ah, he's supposed to be an old man. Ah, ah, that's not how that happened. I'm like, oh my god, woman, just enjoy the damn movie. <laughs> what um, what's one thing? I guess we'll we'll streamline and keep it specific. TV or movie, nerd wise. What's one thing you'd love to see? I'll start with Amanda. Oh, or do you need Amanda to think? Love to see. Um, yeah, come back to me. Okay, Thanks. we'll go with Chris. Oh my God, that's a hard question. <laughs> Man, I have to take a break. All right, I'll go first. Um, <laughs> one of the things I, as we go back to the um, like origin stories. Of, of being a nerd. For me, it was comic books. When I was a kid, I was probably like seven or eight years old, and there was this neighbor kid who lived next door to me who was probably about four or five years older than me, and the only thing he wanted to do was hang out with me, which I thought was awesome. This older kid wanted to hang out with me. Looking back on it, it's because he was a gigantic dork and nobody liked him. <laughs> and I was the only other person, you know, that's neither here nor there. But he had, one day he just gave me this box of comics, just a box of comics. He's like, hey, these were mine. I don't want them anymore. Gave them to me. There was a bunch of Fantastic Four and a lot of X-Men. There were a lot of X-Men mm-hmm. comics in there. And I remember to this day, the very first comic book I ever read was on Kenny X-Men. I think it was like number 217. This would have been from the late 80s. Had Storm on the cover. And this was the period where 
Storm, I don't know if you guys remember if you were a big X-Men fan. This was when Storm was in her like leather biker vest mohawk phase. Mm -hmm. And uh, in the comic, there's this character named Wolverine who's running through a forest, runs out into a country road, gets hit by an RV, and gets up and just keeps running. Like throughout this entire comic, he's just getting more and more jacked up, but he just keeps going. And I'm like, what is... And it was at that moment that like my love of Wolverine became like, like the seed was planted. It kind of becomes trendy now to say Wolverine's your favorite character because he's become so popular. Right. At the time, that wasn't so much the case. I mean, my, my youngest son is named Logan, for God's sake. All right. So, <laughs> so I got, stole my boy name. Yes. By the way. We're going to have issues. Hey, knock yourself out. <laughs> there can be more than one Logan until they get like older and then they go through this. There can only be one Logan, thing. No, the other Logan. <laughs> but one of the things I would love to see, and I don't know if you get, I'm interested to see it when, because they will eventually, when it is they bring Wolverine into the MCU. I like Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman does Wolverine, but that Wolverine is Hugh Jackman's Wolverine. Mm -hmm. Comic-wise, it's not Wolverine. You know, we could get, you know, like you were saying with Yennefer, like we could get into the physical attributes. Like in the comic, Wolverine's five foot two. Hugh Jackman's like six one. Yeah. You know, it throws you off right away. Right. You know, um, I think in the movies, he's a little too nice. If you've seen the movies, I don't ever read the comics. You'd see, there's a different oh, difference yeah, between. Brutal. Yeah, he's and he goes through like these up and down periods where he's borderline animalistic, border, yeah. you know. <clears throat> so it'll be interesting to see. But if I were to say like, there's one thing I would love to see. I would love to see a Wolverine movie that's like, I don't want to say comic accurate because when you say comic accurate, that gets like you know, not everything translates mm -hmm. well. Um, but I would love to see that, like an R-rated, brutal Wolverine movie where he's just like going ham on the Hellfire Club or something like mm -hmm. that. So, which one of you is ready now? I, I could be ready. Okay. So, because you got started about the origin stories, and I got super excited when they actually started doing like Wolverine origins, and there was rumor that they were going to do like a Magneto that origin awesome. story. Like, so I'm super pumped about more origin stories. Mm -hmm. I've always loved Gambit, and I really would love to see you, a Gambit. You didn't like the Taylor story. Kitsich version in Wolverine Origins? No. So I, you know when they had the original, like, OG X-Men 91. Yeah, yeah. Like, I have it all on DVD. I love that. You talk about the cartoon? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I don't know. Best. Like, I just fell in love with Gambit, and I just would love to see, like, just more of him and his origin. Yeah, the one that was, and I love the Gambit character, and it's sad because I love the actor Taylor Kitsch who played him in that movie, mm -hmm. but that was such a poor Gambit representation. Yeah. It almost felt like it was shoved in at the last minute, nobody really knew what to do, and yeah. just kind of, and at different points in the movie, he has an accent or doesn't. Like, when the, you first meet him, he's got, like, the Cajun accent, mm -hmm. and at the end, he's just talking like he's from Texas, yeah. you know, it's like... I don't know. I just, I think that would be pretty cool. You're going to have to come back on me. I'm still thinking on I'm something. still wondering on it. Still wondering. So, okay. While we're, we'll remember to come back. <laughs> Circle back. Come back around the horn. Circling back. What, um, and I'm not talking like favorite movie, but mm. favorite nerd movie. Favorite nerd movie. Hey, what does that mean? Like, you wouldn't say Top Gun. You wouldn't I say love Top Gun, you, and that's not, you wouldn't say do, a League I of Their Own because that's not like yeah. a nerd movie. So let's say okay, best sci-fi fantasy movie. How's that sound? Okay, I guess you could get two picks because most people have like a nostalgic pick and then like a modern pick. Okay, yeah. does Hocus Pocus count? Yeah, knock yourself out. Because <laughs> I love Hocus Pocus, I can't stop watching Hocus Pocus, especially around Hall Halloween. 
um, time. But I'd say, like, the one movie, like, I just had such an emotional connection was the last, like, Avengers movie. Like, that would just... Endgame just blew my mind. Yeah. Just how everything fell into place, how Cap got to, like, he decided just to go back in time and spend, like, yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. like, you know, because he missed out on all that, and then you just feel for him, and then he finally got to just take that time and, like, go back and be with Carter, what's her, Agent Carter, I forget what her name is, Peggy, thank you, I forget what her first name is, so, like, they're together, but then Iron Man dies, sacrifices himself, and it just gets you in the feels, like, I'm like, oh, gosh. Well, everybody wondered going into that movie because you knew it was Robert Downey Jr. You knew it was Chris Evans' last movie. Mm-hmm. So you wondered, like, are they both going to yeah, die? Like, how is this going to play are out? Are they going to ride off into the sunset just to never be seen again? Are they going to give him an exit? Mm-hmm. Well, in Black Widow died, too. Everybody forgets about that once well, Iron Man sacri- She sacrificed herself. Yeah. And they explain why they can't bring her back because she sacrificed herself to get the Soul Stone. Right. Yeah. I just... It was a... It was a heart... It was a really good movie, like really well done uh-huh. but it was also a very hard movie to watch like if you were particularly attached to certain people oh yeah like it just i don't know just like i thought they did fantastic yeah with it. and it's just my thing that i loved about it because obviously if you guys have read Than- in, in the comics thanos wanted to destroy all life right and he was in love with the the infinite death with death yeah and they didn't put any of them in the movies. They, they referenced, like, the Celestials. The Celestials were the ones that were responsible for creating humanity and stuff like that. Yeah. What was the name of the place that they made? that Nowhere. Nowhere. That yeah. was in the head of a Celestial. Mm-hmm. But they did a complete awesome job. Like, he, you know, you look at Thanos and, you, you know, you look at him as a villain, but he was coming from a place like there was, like, of no other choice. You right. know what I'm saying? He was watching his world get destroyed. Right. So, you know, I mean, you can relate to that kind of villainry versus that he wasn't an encompassing all evil. He wasn't trying to just kill people just to kill people for the love of it. He was just like, okay, there's only so much resources that can support mm-hmm. life in this universe or in this galaxy, whatever. There has to be something to do. You know, we have yeah. to, sometimes we have to make hard choices. And, and you know, I mean, and it was, just, that, that, you know, it was, you know, that was MCU did they, that when they made these movies, it was phenomenal. Well, one of the things that I think sets the MCU apart, and I feel this way with anything, what makes a great story is a great villain. Right. I hate, sir, that was the only problem that I really had with like the Justice League movie is the bad guy was like a cardboard bad guy. Exactly. Like he just wants us because he wants to conquer. Whereas if you go through like the line of, the MCU movies, you understand in every single one of them where the villain's coming from, whether it's Loki, whether it's Thanos, whether mm-hmm. it's, you know, all these different ones where you're like, it, and I remember one of my favorite writers is a comic book writer named Brian Michael Bendis. I was reading an interview with him once and he said the best villains are the kind of person that you could sit at a bar with them and they explain to you how they feel about stuff and you'd be like, that's kind of fucked up, but I understand where you're coming yeah. from. Right. But when they start acting on it is when, okay, now we got a problem. Yeah. You know? Right. <laughs> And that's true. Like, and that's what they want. They want you to have that emotional connection with them to make it be a hard choice as to, okay, well, yeah, you kind of have a point. Like, mm-hmm. something needs to be 
done. We need to do something different. But should we just like mass genocide a bunch of people, right? Just click your finger and then just kill off 50% of the people? Maybe yeah, not. Like. Yeah, and it didn't affect him. <laughs> yeah. You know I'm saying yeah. if, if he was involved in the snap, I mean, yeah. I really think that maybe he would do it. I mean, he, you know, obviously he was just, you know, everybody else was involved in the 50 50 choice, you know, he, but he wouldn't because he was wielding the Infinity Gauntlet and the Infinity Stones. Right. Yeah. It was so good. And Josh, I think Josh Brolin, who played Thanos in that, just absolutely nailed it. And I think some of the best villains, as you saw in that, you saw it especially in Infinity War. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really interesting between Infinity War and Endgame, the difference in Thanos. Spoiler alert, folks. If you haven't seen him, shut this podcast. No, don't. Visit yeah, our sponsor. It's been a few years and shut the podcast. <laughs> But there was a gap because they had the five-year gap and then they went what back. So it should have been like 2025 and then they went back to like 2008, mm-hmm. right? So the Thanos, like the Thanos in Infinity War is kind of an older, wiser, still resolute in his plan. But when he's sort of that, I remember that scene there at the, at the end where he's comforting um, uh, Scarlet Witch, you know, basically saying, oh, I've lost today more. Believe me, I understand how you feel. Whereas the Thanos that we run into in Endgame is like younger, mm-hmm. a little bit more bloodthirsty, a little bit more brutal. Yeah. You know, both still resolute, both definitely on the march to accomplish what it is they want to accomplish. But I always feel like some of those are the best villains, the ones who will comfort you as they're running a knife through you. Like, mm-hmm. sorry, I got to do this, but. Yeah, it was like when he fought uh, Tony Stark. Mm hmm. On uh, what planet was it on? His home planet. Yeah, Titan. When, you know, he was like, we're both cursed with knowledge, mm-hmm. basically, you know, and he had a respect for Tony Stark. He's like, at least they, everyone will remember your name. He knew he had to kill Tony Stark. And that's kind of, it was a foreshadowing. You know? Right. Yeah. That's, that was really good. No, it's, no, he's not muted because mine's oh. got that too. Yeah. <laughs> Man is getting technical. Like, what's going on with the microphones? What's going on with the microphones? What um, did you come up with yours yet, Chris? I had it, and then I got into the whole thing. Actually, you know what? Fallout. Like a Fallout movie game. Okay. Have you ever played the Fallout games? I've seen someone play it. I've never played it. Well, Fallout games started in the 90s, and it was like based on an alternate alternate future after World War II. And humanity got very obsessed with nuclear technology. And they were kind of backwards on what, you know, it, the, world, the, the world got into a, a, a nuclear war in 2077. Basically, they started launching nukes at each other. Mm-hmm. They, it, it, how do I explain this? They, uh, they got so into in depth into like nuclear, like uh, doing nuclear technology, but their like technology, like with computers, were so backdated. Like so, in twenty seventy seven, the computer screens looked like the stuff you would have in the eighties with the, like the green like lettering and stuff like that. But like they went through um, the country, all the countries in the world started going through. Uh, natural resources real quickly mm-hmm. so the united states ends up becoming kind of like uh they they started getting brutal at the end yeah they, start, they annexed canada so that they could um get the natural resources from there um and the main protagonist that started the war was china they didn't start the war nobody knows in the future because this is set after the great war and the whole world was blown blown up well there was a company that was called uh god what was it bulk tech 
and they were creating these vaults and selling they were selling it to people like hey you can survive the nuclear holocaust you buy some space in our vault and then once things happen you can live in these vaults well they had all these like hundreds of vaults all over the united states and it was it was it's kind of a, a kind of a, a it's it's satirical but some of it has some truth in it like uh each vault was like a controlled experiment okay do like there was one and it's supposed to be funny but it's supposed to be like you know like if you hear about some of the stuff scientists do is someone's like really they do experiments on that like they had a vault where they had the only the only part there was like a hundred women that lived in the vault and they only put one guy in there Mm-hmm. So then they start fighting each other over the, you know, there's one guy or whatever. <laughs> and then there's one where they start playing this this static music in the background and it starts making everybody go insane. But not all these vaults were like that. Some of them were made to like, they'd stay on the ground for a hundred years or they'd, some of them would stay for 50 years and then come up. But like there's uh they started creating viruses. This was before the war. It was called FEV, forced evolution virus, where they were trying to get people to be able to survive a nuclear holocaust. Well, they became, they called them super mutants. They would become oh, very okay. violent and, yeah. So, but, you know, the, they were supposed to create a movie on the Fallout series. But, like, you ever, you know, it Fallout, if you guys have ever played Elder Scrolls, it's just like that, but you, you, you have guns. Okay. It's set in a post-apocalyptic world. It's, like, completely different. Like, the, the, the United States has almost become, like, uh, totalitarian. And China is our main enemy, but no, like nobody knows in the whole Fallout universe who started the nuclear war. It started at, like on November, what was it, October twenty third, twenty seventy seven. They started launching nukes. All all the countries that were left started launching nukes and just blew up. I, I would love to see something like that. <laughs> it was Ubekistan. I guarantee you, it was. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't Wakanda? Wakanda was fine. Oh, Speaking yeah. of which, yeah, he yeah. just died. Did you see that? I meant to do that. We should have done like oh. the sake and done a toast. We should have. Because that was like Chris and I were talking about that just for the podcast. That was like, so like fuck twenty twenty. Yeah. Because this is like the I worst year ever. I didn't know he had cancer. Nobody I had did. No, Nobody did. No clue. Yeah. Both Chris and I said like when I got on Facebook last night, first saw it, I had to go to Google and look it up because I didn't believe it. I'm like, there's no way he he's yeah. he's just like what like forty two or forty. 43. 43, just a little bit older than the eldest of us here. Yeah, that's, he's such a good actor. Everything I'd ever, ever seen him in, you know, and he was, and I especially feel sad because not to get like, you know, that way with it, but he was such a great modern hero for the African-American community on top of it. Mm -hmm. Like he inspired so many people to, you know, be better. and, And it was especially sad that he, had played Jackie Robinson in the movie 42, and yesterday in Major League Baseball just happened to be Jackie Robinson Day when he passed really? away. Yeah. It wow. was just like, you couldn't have scripted that, yeah. you know? It was yeah. just it's so crazy. That's, uh, yeah, so somber note. Um, wishing the best, but it kind of made, because he was, and I'm getting on the technical side of it, he was supposed to be the one who was going to kind of carry, help carry the MCU into the next, like, era. They were going to have an uh, entire series on Netflix mm-hmm. about yeah. Black Panther, just along with uh, with um, Winter Soldier and uh, Falcon. I'm really looking mm-hmm. forward to that. I am too. That'll be a lot of fun. That one in the WandaVision, that looks like that's going to be, like, I don't even know what to make of that yet. Yeah. Several of the set photos look like it's set in, like, the 1950s. It like looks like Reed they're style. jumping through time yeah. or something. There's some, like, distortion or something going yeah. on. That could be a lot of fun. Well, in the comics... 
the interesting thing, I don't know if you ever read the House of M storyline. Did either one of you read those? No. So Wanda Maximoff, and you could tell from watching Infinity War and Endgame and like any of the movies she was in, Age of Ultron, um, one of the things they made a big deal about in the comic book is that her powers, how powerful she is is based largely on her mental state. Like you see in there where it's like she has a problem stopping this or doing this, but when she was like super pissed, she jacked up Thanos. Uh-huh. You know. Well, at one point in the comics, she like mentally went insane, and she like was able to distort all of reality so that everybody was living like everybody in the MCU was living their dream life is what it was. And it all begins with Wolverine who wakes up in his bunk on the helicarrier as the director of Shield and Mystique is his wife. <laughs> Yeah. Now, Maybe that's the route they're going then, because I haven't read I haven't read that. Yeah, and it and it ended up really interesting because the only thing that really gets thrown off on is because Wolverine throughout his life had had his memory screwed with so much. <laughs> yeah, he was the only one who woke up and knew something was wrong. Right, like none of this is right. You know, so he starts going around and trying to get like the other heroes. Like I want to say, Scott Summers, Cyclops, and Emma Frost, the White Queen, are like high school teachers in New York City, and they're married and have kids. Peter Parker is a college professor. Uncle Ben never died, and he married Gwen Stacy, and they have kids together. Mm-hmm. He went to go find Cap. Cap is 70 years old because he never got frozen in time. He lived his you know yeah. full life and all that stuff. He eventually had to get enough of them together to go take down the Scarlet Witch to try and restore things back, back to the way they were. So just like you were saying, that could be some of what they're doing. Like if her... You know, on everything that happened, if she didn't like go insane and now reality's warping, and I don't know, that would be fun to see. I don't know if the audience can hear this. My dogs are going ape shit in the background. <laughs> it's driving me They're insane. Crying. But yeah, they are. They're like, people are here and we want to hang out. Yeah, we're going to take a quick siesta. I got to make sure my mouse works. Okay, we're back. We had to take a siesta. Um, so I'm going to go around the table. Since we're still talking nerd stuff, because a nerd podcast, Amanda, favorite all-time character in like anywhere, anywhere. We'll even broaden this. We're an ex- inclusive society. <laughs> so if you want to say Martha Stewart, say fucking Martha Stewart. <laughs> well, it wouldn't be Martha Stewart. Oh, Snoop Dogg. Martha Stewart. Um, that's a. I would say. Or give me a top three, even. Okay. Okay. Well, got to throw some Harry Potter in there, right. of course. So, series black. Just love me some series black, and it was really like bawled my eyes out when he died. That was a hard one. Um, I already said I love Gambit. Like, I just I can't explain it other than I just felt like a connection with him <laughs> from like the original X Men comic. Remy Lebeau. Maybe it was the accent. Maybe it was the accent. I don't know. Listen here, yeah. Shia. <laughs> wow, well, that's sexy, but maybe it was sexy. I'm not sure. Um, and then, I don't know, like Iron Man. Like, I think it's, okay, granted he had a lot of money and it kind of ties into the whole Batman. You have a lot of money. You can make, like, a lot of cool things. But, like, he was, for all intents and purposes, yes, he was a genius. But kind of like an average person, he wasn't born with gifts, but he used like what talents like God gave you or what have you to like make something of himself. So it just kind of like shows like people shouldn't give up like on their dreams. If there's something that you want to achieve, like put your mind to it, like use the talents, whatever they may be that you were given at birth and make something of yourself. So I think that was kind of cool. Okay. All right. Chris. 
The top three? Yeah. Um, my first one's Captain America. Because? He's, if you look at the comics, he's always, like, stood up for what was completely right. Mm -hmm. Even, like, during the Civil Rights Movement and stuff, different things, and even um, in Civil War, he stood up for freedom. He, he even went against the government himself, against things that were wrong. And... I talked about you talked to you about this earlier with uh, just seeing the comic, the flags of our fathers. That it was uh, with Captain America and with Black Panther. Um, it was actually Black Panther's grandfather that this was, it was set during World War II. That Wakanda wasn't involved in any of this stuff. They were still hiding their technology and everything else. But um, Captain America and uh, King T'Challa's grandfather fought alongside each other in, um, against the Nazis because the Nazis knew about Wakanda. So mm -hmm. they were trying to take their tech from him. And this even had Nick Fury in it when he was young and he was like a commander of like some type of special forces unit yeah. that, were, that infiltrated that and tried to stop the Nazis. But, um, God, I can't remember his name because I just started reading it today. Um, King T'Challa's grandfather, seen, because the, the king of Wakanda was the one that gained the mantle of Black Panther. And they would have to drink from the, uh, the flower that was given to them by the goddess Baca. She was the panther goddess that would give him power. And actually, Black Panther is more powerful than Captain America. Mm -hmm. Because Captain America was created through a serum that was created through the government. They were given the, the Black Panther was giving the power through a goddess, through a divine. It was basically I can't remember what it was. It was like you know the deaths were the death and um, the living tribunal and stuff were the divines of the you know MCU. Yeah, I can't remember her name. It was Basta. It was it was Basta, which they the, they that would give them the power of uh, the Black Panther. But he believed that Captain America was the best embodiment of what America should be. He, he's seen the stuff in the past, you know, they even talk about the whole racism thing in the United States, you know, there was a character that um, that was in the squad, the, the Special Forces Squadron that was with Nick Fury, is a black guy, the only black guy in the squadron. And he had a hard time wrestling, it was like, he, he knew the Nazis were bad. Mm -hmm. He's like, how are we gonna fight the Nazis? And then we have this stuff going back when I come back home and have to deal, deal with that. Yeah. So he was wrestling with that. And even uh, the king at the time, uh, T'Challa's grandfather, knew that. And Azuri? He, is, that his, is that right? What is it? Azuri? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Azuri. And even he knew that. And he knew that he thought that Captain America was the best embodiment of what America should be. That he was a symbol just as much as what the Black Panther was to Wakanda. So, you know, Captain America's always been my favorite character. Obviously, I love my country, but he was always he was always one to go against the grain. He wasn't just some blind, you know, soldier that fought for whatever, you know, you're going to do what I tell you to do. You know, right. He went against the grain. Even in Civil War, he fought his own best friend, Iron Man. Well, as a side note before you continue on, that's one of the things we were talking earlier about the MCU is sort of the character arc that he went through. Because he begins that in Captain America, the first Avenger, with sort of being like loyal to the army, loyal to the government, follow my orders no matter what. And over the course of time, we he, like he starts to realize that there may be some people who are supposedly on your side that are full of bullshit. Mm -hmm. And you see him transition into that and then through Civil War. By the time we catch up to him in Infinity War, that's one where he's looking General Ross in the face and says, we're here to fight, and if you're going to get in our way, we're going to fight you too. Right. You know. Yeah, and that, 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 you know, he's my number one. Um, number two, God... 
trying to think here. I would think Black Panther. I've read a lot of the Black Panther comics, and you know, and just looking at the remember when the Black Panther movie came out, it created a lot of good hype within the black community. Mm-hmm. Because when when have you ever hardly ever hardly ever seen an African American portrayed as a superhero? Right. You could say Storm. You know, you could, there's very limited. But you know, especially in the Black Panther movie, he's always done the right thing. T'Challa and his ancestors have always done the right thing by showing um, the best morals of their country, the best morals of everything, and that's like everything you know a superhero should aspire to be. Mm-hmm. And I guess uh, what my third one be? God, I'm trying to think. You guys watched uh, the Castlevania? series on no, I haven't. I started it, I haven't finished it. I love Trevor Belmont. I guess I would say that's my third. <laughs> oh my god, you gotta watch it. He's uh he's the the it's it goes along with kind of with the history of Europe during that time. But like he he, he ended up losing his family ended up losing their status with the Catholic Church because they kind of meddled in like occult stuff, but they did it to fight evil like vampires and stuff like that. He's so funny. He ends up, he's like a drunk. But he, he ends up, he, he's got that arc where he starts, he, he's a fighter. He goes after, you know, the, the occult, the, the, you know, the, the, um, the, like Dracula, all that stuff, all these, you know, creatures of the night, pe- you know, people that do evil. He's like a drunk, but he ends up evolving into a great character. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't seen, you got to watch it. I'm telling you. Have you ever played the Castlevania games when you were a kid? I did, yes. I love Castlevania. Yeah, yeah that, me too. It was frustrating, though. Did you ever, it was difficult. And this was on the regular Nintendo system. Yeah. Original. Uh, Castlevania Dracula's Curse, where it had Alucard, which was yeah. his son. had Trevor Belmont. Sypha Belnades, which is like his girlfriend in the series, and there's there was a pirate guy that was called Grant. They haven't brought mm-hmm. him into it, but man, you got to watch Castlevania on Netflix. It is, it, it, I think it's three seasons. It's awesome. I'm gonna have to. I, I think I was like you. I got like two episodes into it and I got distracted, and it's there's forever so been on my yeah, list of so oh, I need to get stuff. back to that. I need to get back to that. <clears throat> I'm gonna go um, as we talked before. Number one, Wolverine. The interesting thing, here's a little nerd FYI, if you guys didn't know. The interesting, and I'm not talking like canon origin of Wolverine, because most of us know the canon origin of Wolverine, like the story of how he became Wolverine, mm-hmm. but the actually like what you would call like the historiography of Wolverine in terms of his publication history. First popped up in 1974, I believe, in the Incredible Hulk comic as a villain. He was somebody who was he was an operative who was sent by the Canadian government yeah. to take down the Hulk. Now within that comic, at no point in time is it mentioned that he was a mutant, and his claws were not internal; they were part of gloves that he put on. Mm-hmm. That was his original status. Um, at the time, the X Men comics weren't doing so well. As a matter of fact, um, they did just become I want to say like X Force at the time, and so Chris Claremont, who was writing it, was kind of given this. I guess, uh, an edict to revive the X-Men universe. And so that's when, I believe it was in 1989, we got Giant Size X-Men number one, which introduced the character Colossus, introduced the character Storm, introduced the character Nightcrawler. And then he took two other characters from other comics and retroactively made the mutants, Rogue and mm-hmm. Wolverine. Rogue was originally from the Miss Marvel comic. She was a villain 
But the reason she had her powers was because she drained Miss Marvel. That's the reason mm-hmm. why she had yep. all that stuff. And decided to take Wolverine, retroactively make him a mutant and make his claws internal. And then we go, you know, over the course of time, we learn the whole Weapon X storyline and all that kind of stuff. Um, he was one somebody who always I thought was really, really cool as a character. Not that I relate to it because I'm not a savage human being. But somebody <laughs> who was um, insanely savage, but... With the right intent. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, he was never the guy who would, like, just lose his shit and go into a school and jack people up. Yeah. Like, he, he had his limit there. Um, and for me, I, I always personally laughed at the contrast between, like, the Batman, the Spider-Man. I can't kill. That's the worst thing ever. Whereas Wolverine would tear through a, warm, a room of bad guys just because he's irritated. Right. <laughs> He'd off every last single one of them. I think, with you, along with you, I'm going to say Cap for number two. Just because... He's fucking cap. Like, enough said. Yeah. Like, there isn't anything I can say that, that can top what you already said. Third, I don't know how much Amanda knows about this, but I'm sure Chris Will's probably Ezio Auditore from the Assassin's Creed yes. franchise. I love that guy. Especially a guy who started off basically as sort of a, a rich, young nobleman in Florence in the Italian Renaissance and basically watching his entire family get murdered and realizing that his father was part of this lineage of assassins. Learns to become so. Did you know that Ezio Auditore actually existed? No. He was a real person. Hmm. Really? Yeah. Here's the bizarre thing. And this is, I think, where they found the opening to write the story. The Ezio family existed. And his father, Francisco, I believe his name, was a banker in Florence. All the names that are in there in the original game from Assassin's Creed 2, those are all of his family names. Um, his one younger brother, I want to say, died of tuberculosis when he was like 12 or 13. Uh-huh. His older brother went off into the military and died somewhere in his late 20s fighting. His mother, Maria, I believe was her name, kept an extremely detailed diary. Like everything down to like how the tomatoes were growing that day. Like every day she wrote pages and pages yeah. of everything that happened. For some reason around the time Ezio was 18 years old, he's never mentioned again. Really? Even though she continued to live another 20 years after that. Hmm. So there's a bit of a mystery that Now for the writers, that's a perfect place to go, oh, sure. that's where he well, became an assassin, you know? That's kind of cool. Yeah. They went into so much detail with history. Yeah. On all those games. Yeah. And how they would incorporate history into the whole major storyline was incredible. And I don't know if you've seen one of the major guys that was responsible for that, they fired him. Really? For sexual harassment. Oh, why you got to do that crap, dude? Ruined it. You ruined it. He was, you know, and... (laughs) They just finished Valhalla. I'm, I'm interested to see how they're going to work this into mm-hmm. the whole Assassin's Creed universe. Well, apparently, according to all... Have you ever played any of the Assassin's Creed games? I played briefly one of them, but I couldn't tell you which one I played, to be completely honest. <laughs> Hopefully it wasn't the first one. Unfortunately, the first one is like the slowest movie. Yeah, it is. One out of all of them. I really kind of wish they'd do a standalone Altair game again. I wish they'd remaster it and... and Change of shit. Because yeah. <laughs> it was really slow moving. As a matter of fact, I played the first Assassin's Creed, got about halfway through it, was bored out of my mind and quit playing it. For some reason, years later, decided to give Assassin's Creed 2 a try and loved it so much that yeah. I've been an addict. And then later went back and finished the first one just for the sake of storyline. But yeah, to you, I definitely recommend. Odyssey is the best one. That's what I've heard. Uh, yeah. And it, it's funny that that keeps happening because for a long time I was like, well, Black, like Brotherhood's the best one. And then I'm like, well, Black Flag's the best one. And I'm like, well, Odyssey's the best one. You know, it's Odyssey's like, huge. Oh, it's man. massive. And with the, all the DLC they put into it, it's massive. And they said that um, Valhalla is going to be just, is going to be pretty much 
not bigger as far as land, like space, spatial size, but like they're gonna make like it's supposed to be set in England and in Norway a little bit, so it's gonna be more like you're actually gonna see how big England is, yeah, compared to like you know they took the entire Mediterranean of uh, Greece back, you know, when uh, with Odyssey. Oh, <laughs> so it's 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 going to be much huger. It's going to be as far as land size. It's it's going to be much bigger. Have so. you have you watched? Because now me and him are in it. Have you ever watched The Last Kingdom on Netflix? Is that a movie or is that? It's a show. Yeah, is it's that with the guy that it's like the Viking, kind of like Viking yeah. era thing? Mm-hmm. I have seen some of it. Watch it. Yeah, it's really I've, really good. I've, my ex watched a lot, and like I would like don't watch you hate it. Like, when, don't you hate like, that? That like ruins shit it for does. you. And it's like, oh, do I want to watch it? Because this know. is like his favorite show. Is that going to make me like? No. Yeah, you know, I love Vikings, <laughs> but a lot of it wasn't historically accurate. Yeah, like Bjorn Ironside hated his father Ragnar. Mm-hmm. He hated him. He didn't like how brutal of a person he was. I'm pretty sure most Vikings hated their dads, though, didn't they? <laughs> I mean, well, he, was, like... he, he didn't... Part, Bjorn Ironside never participated in the Great Heathen Army when they killed uh, King Ayala King Al of, uh, what was it, Northumbria. Mm-hmm. He ne- he was never involved in that. And But um, was it, his other brothers were Ivar the Boneless and all of them. But, um, yeah, uh, Bjorn Ironside was like the first king of Sweden. Like, when they show, and that, that, that's what, you know, I mean, I, people love Vikings, but, the, the, you know, they think that that's the entire truth of it, and it's not. If they, if people would actually read, so they call them the Edas, the, they were stories that were handed down through the Viking ages, mm-hmm. and they never had a written language. They had the runes, but they never wrote, you know, they was, right. everything, everything in the Scandinavian and the Norse nations was handed down verbally, so, but the Edas were actually written down by monks that were christian to preserve and it's amazing how christianity you know i mean so the, christianity has done some terrible things in the past no but a lot of the monks have done was save the stories from civilizations that they changed mm-hmm. like the, the, the norse they changed you know they wrote down all the stories for them like even when the spaniards came over here they destroyed the Mayans, the Aztecs. A lot of them felt sorry for these cultures and wrote down everything, all, all of their literature to maintain it for future generations. That's how we know about all this historical stuff. All, anytime there's some moral history is involved, I always get a little curious about it. Because you remember being in like kindergarten, you'd play that game Telephone. Yeah. Where like everybody get in a circle and one kid would say giraffe, and by the time it gets to the end, it's like coconut fucker. Right. You know? So when things are oral history and something's passed down for like 400 years, you wonder like, well, okay, what? Well, that's like how um, with the Viking Panther, with the Norse Pantheon, like Odin. Mm-hmm. Odin wasn't the king of, originally wasn't the king of the Norse Pantheon. It was Tyr. Tyr was the the god of justice. He's the one that um, when Fenrir, you know, have you ever heard the story of Fenrir? Fenrir was supposedly the son of Loki. He was a giant wolf, and he had an insatiable hunger. So instead of killing him, Tyr said, basically, I'm going to raise him and try to do right. Well, it wasn't that Fenrir was very evil. He just had an insatiable hunger and kept eating and eating and eating and eating. So the gods ended up deciding they wanted to, they needed to, bind him to stop him from growing because they said he would eventually eat the world yeah so they created this rivet they tried chaining him up he'd break every chain he could 
So they, the, the, the dwarves created this ribbon that they could wrap around and was un unbreakable. And Fenrir started getting the idea, like, they're trying to do something to me. So Tyr went up to him, and he's like, you're trying to buy me for some reason. Yeah, and he told him the truth. So he's like, okay, then you're going to have to sacrifice something, too. He's like, okay, so he put his right arm in Fenrir's mouth, and he sacrificed his arm. But Tyr was actually the first god, the, the very top god of the Pantheon, it changed to Odin. And it kind of seems like they kind of changed religiously because Odin was more kind of like an asshole. He was more about conquering stuff. He was also the god of wisdom, but he was also the god of warfare. Tyr was the god of justice. Like he was there, that, that's why that they were there was certain things that you did in warfare and you had to do lawfully. Mm -hmm. But when Odin came into this perspective, Odin was okay. When by any means necessary, it doesn't mean. You, you, anything's off the table. Mm -hmm. So it was that was where things kind of changed, like you were talking about word of mouth. You know, right. that's how it changed. Well, that's what's interesting as we sit here and do this nerd thing. It cracks me up the more I think about, you know, <clears throat> stuff like Norse mythology and Egyptian mythology and Greek mythology. The, like, really what we're talking about in this whole podcast is, like, modern day, I wouldn't even necessarily say American. And it's almost like world mythology. Because we can't say that, like, the Avengers are American mythology. Because those, I mean, those movies make hundreds of millions of dollars overseas, too. Mm -hmm. So I always wonder if we're going to be in this situation like 500 years from now, there's going to be some, you know, professors at colleges who have entire careers built upon, you know, the 21st, 20th, 21st century Western mythology, something like that. Right. It's going to be like, so now we discussed what happened in Civil War. You know, yeah. You're going to have a test on it next week. <laughs> have either of you guys watched The Boys on Amazon? Yes. Yes. Yeah. They're doing a season two. Next, it comes yeah. out coming Friday. This, it comes out when? Yeah, this Friday coming a week from yesterday. Yeah, Man. I love that show. Oh, I did too. The show is so, so brutal. I loved it. <laughs> That ending of the first season was like, what the yeah. fuck? And it's based off a graphic novel. And yeah. I have not read the graphic novel. But to give you an idea of what we could potentially be looking at in season two, as I did see one panel from the graphic novel that storyline-wise would be after what we saw in the first season of the character Homelander sitting in the president's chair in the Oval's office holding the president's skull upside down and going, oh, he really did have a brain. So, <laughs> if we get to that point in season two, I'm going to be really interested to well, see. I read ahead on it, too. Oh, did you? Yeah. You keep your mouth shut. Yeah. It's interesting. <laughs> I gave a spoiler, but don't give yeah. it. Cause, and that's why like, I want to mention that the show's awesome, but I don't want to talk a lot because there are people out there who haven't seen it. Mm -hmm. yeah. And there's a lot of shows that I tell people, like, oh, you got to watch a show, you got to watch a show. Pretty much any show you get into, everybody knows it typically takes you sometimes like an episode or two to really get a feel, get a feel for it. I watched the whole thing in a day. Yeah, the boys, if you're not into it in the first 10 minutes, you won't be. I yeah. guarantee you like 10, like as soon as he's standing on the street with his girlfriend, mm -hmm. if you're not sucked in at that point, I, I was telling my uh, my 17-year-old son about this because he hasn't watched it. I'm like, dude, watch it. If by halfway through the first episode the hooks aren't in you, then you won't enjoy it. Yeah. But I, I guarantee you that thing will, that thing will suck you in. Um... So we're getting close to wrapping this thing up. Does anybody have any nerd thoughts or things in closing they would like to say? I sort of feel like the nerd community is really good, but we got some like toxicity shit we need to get rid of. 
yeah. Some of this hounding actors, and I hate to say it, especially actresses. So what was, what's her name from the new Star Wars trilogy? They, like quit social media because fiend, fans the, were just uh, hounding the, the, the Asian woman? Yeah, Tran Ha, I believe. is. Yeah, I, I never thing. understood that. I yeah. was like, what, what does that happen? Why were people attacking her? She didn't direct the movie. She didn't write the movie. But there was nothing the wrong with her character no, regardless. No. It, was, people, it was stupid. People were just mad and they forget that it's a human being playing a character on a show and or a movie and they just... Ugh, it makes me sick to my stomach. Yeah. You know? There's just people that ruin a lot for other people. like, And it, a lot of it just goes back to how these individuals are raised. Like, you know, kind of like that. If you don't have something nice to say don't say anything at all mm-hmm. like that really shouldn't be a difficult concept for people but i don't know like people are vicious especially online and it's easy mm-hmm. when you're behind a, a computer screen you're not face to face with someone to and say like all exactly these correct all these line. like mean things yeah. but like actually get in front of this person and then say it and let's see if you can like hold your guns and actually say these right things. and it's are, no different than politics you yeah. know politics is a belief system in itself just like you know like if you say I love DC over Marvel, you know there's a politics there. It's 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 it's, it's you know you, you, what you think you believe in is better. You're gonna right. defend, and mm-hmm. it's just that's just the human mindset, and it's gotten so much worse with with social media. Yeah, like I wish Elon Musk would follow up on his promise that he would buy Facebook and delete it. <laughs> it was you know that would be great. You know it's too bad that we have the ability to communicate with people halfway around the world, but it's being used as a tool to destroy the best of humanity. Yeah. We're seeing that completely today, and it just, you know... Well, I feel like in this digital age, we're still in the infancy of it. You know, like we haven't quite learned how to self-regulate. Yeah. You know, we've gone there, historically speaking, we've gone through some of these technological revolutions before. I mean, the printing press in the 1600s went... All of a sudden, things didn't have to be state or church sanctioned for it to be printed. Anybody could print anything they wanted, and right. you know, it just created bedlam because people were creating flyers and pamphlets and distributing them like crazy. And eventually, it took time, you know, for us to sort of figure out that oh, okay, yeah. But you look at back then how slow technology <coughs> advanced. But since you get to the 1900s, we were going from horse and buggy to car to plane to biplane to planes that could fly all the way around the world now we have information that's going all the way around the world yeah. it's just absolutely insane like how how much faster is technology going to advance i mean we're you know when i was a kid you know we watched terminator 2 you know when you're thinking like art like skynet artificial intelligence man that's like 100 years off <laughs> right we are on the cusp of it right now like 20 and seconds they, away you know, facebook makes an artificial intelligence it was a dual artificial intelligence they couldn't determine what it was talking about they thought it was a bunch of gibberish yeah they started talking to each other and there was one that they created that it was learning off the internet talking about killing humanity yeah there was that one that ai that microsoft created and unleashed it on the internet purely for learning purposes mm-hmm. with about 20 minutes of becoming a nazi prostitute yeah like, it was well, just like, you know, when you listen to people on on facebook <laughs> and on the internet all that's all they talk about yeah. is dumb stuff like that right. so where, where you know it's like a child it's yeah. gonna mold itself to where it comes from but you know i mean god what would Steve Rogers do? That's my mantra. Yeah. I'm going to get that as a tattoo. WWE. What, what was it? Uh, SRD. Jarvis? Yeah. Jarvis. Jarvis. We need Jarvis as an AI. I know. My wife's a programmer, and I've been telling her for years she needs to create Jarvis. 
And she's and every day she comes, oh, I'm having a problem with this, I'm having a problem with this. I'm like, well, if you had created Jarvis a year ago, it would have taken care of that for yeah. you, but you're just not there yet. Jarvis and then um, Veronica, Edith. I love the Edith one. Did you see Spider-Man Far From Home? I have not seen that one. It was the AI that Tony Stark had created to take over mm-hmm. after he died, and he entrusted it to Peter Parker. Oh, really? And Edith's, this is so Tony Stark. Edith stood for even dead, I am the hero. <laughs> yeah, we, we don't need, a, you know, on one thing, we don't need a Hal from uh, 2001. Oh, God. No, thank you. Or Skynet. What was it? What was the Christian Bale Terminator? Which was that one? Was that John, not Genesis? New Resurrection? No, Salvation. That was the one where. No, yeah, it takes the one where he was a Terminator himself and he was a convicted felon. Yeah, not. I mean, Christian Bale played John Connor, but yeah, the. God, I forget. He was a criminal that was sent to die, and the, the woman that created Skynet was a scientist, and she reformed him into a Terminator yeah. or something like he that. He wakes up as a Terminator in the future and doesn't know he's a Terminator. And yeah. Yeah, she was like crazy balls. Creepy AI. It was the woman that was always with Johnny Depp in the movie. Helena Bonham Carter, I believe, is her name. Yeah. Like anywhere Johnny Depp was. I I love her as an actor. She's fucking awesome. Yeah. I'm trying to think. She's been in so much stuff. Harry Potter. Was she in Harry Potter? Yes, she was. I have never in my life seen a Harry Potter movie. You've not. Nah. I'm bringing them over. She was like, she was like. Crazy. She was one that loved killing people. Well, it was she not Bellatrix. Yeah, yeah. it was. It was just like crazy lady in Sweeney Todd. Yeah, (laughs) it was just like you were saying. The problem is Harry Potter was the exes thing, and then you just sort of like get this psychological aversion to like, like I don't like Days of Our Lives. I don't like Harry Potter, and I don't like Olive Garden. I'm sick of it. (laughs) Even though I'm sure Harry Potter's great, I don't want to talk bad about that. Because I don't know anything about it, but there's sort of like that mental wall there of like, yeah. do I really need to push past? My this? wife has still got all the original books from all the series of Harry Potter. I think my wife does too. Yeah, she. My wife was grew up a she, huge Harry Potter fan. Before, yeah, she yeah. read them before even the the movies came out. She was that person. Yeah. Well, I've read the books. Yeah. <laughs> that was like me with Game of Thrones. Yeah, I still haven't read those. I'm actually. Did, did you know the Last Kingdom's based on a book series? Is it? Yeah. Yeah, written by Bernard Cromwell. Oh. I've actually got the first book in the series I've just started reading. Um, and he's written a bunch. He wrote one about the American Civil War called... They were called... The books were called the Starbuck Chronicles. But it was about a kid born in the North who ends up homeless, who ends up in the South, who ends up serving the Confederate Army but thinks slavery is bullshit. He's, he's basically sort of like an Uhtred, except for the fact that Uhtred in The Last Kingdom is a very strong-willed character. And this kid is strong-willed, but the brain is a little bit empty in terms of, like, bigger thought. Mm-hmm. He just ends up constantly caught up in the events that are happening. Yeah. And I guess I'm going here. Oh, crap, we're going where? What's this town? Gettysburg? That sounds like fun, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, you have to check those books out. Bernard Cromwell's the name. <laughs> everybody out there, I'm sure everybody listening to this is going to go buy it immediately. I'm going to go buy it. But um, you should. I'm you should. I'm trying to remember what the first book is called. I think it's just called – I literally think the book, first book is called The Last Kingdom. I think is where they got the name for the show is just after the first book. But we will close this thing down. Anybody, final thoughts, questions, moans, groans, complaints? No. No? No. no. Okay. Thanks for having us. All right. Thank you. Love you, everybody, and we are saying goodbye. 
I want to thank everybody for tuning into the podcast and giving us a listen. I hope you had as good a time listening to it as we had making it. If you like what you heard, please, please, please tell a friend about a podcast. Please like and share. Um, and if you're, don't forget to subscribe too. That's really important. And if you happen to be listening to through iTunes, right up there in the corner, there is a spot where you can leave the podcast to review. Please do so. Every little bit of that helps grow this and continue it on forward. And once again, I want to thank you so much. Um, I love every last one of you. I love the people who have reached out to me via private message about the podcast. Um, and I enjoy everything from compliments, from criticisms, all that kind of stuff helps me become better at doing this either through what I do or the technology I'm using to do it. All of this is a one giant learning process for me. Um, so I want to thank everyone for that and want to thank everyone for listening and I will catch you next time.